All right. Well, praise God. Let's look at Matthew. Now, I'm, this is so foundational, it's almost embarrassing, but we need to hear all these, all these, all these pastoral encouragements. Amen. Um, God's eternal word. The reason I like that, it sounds, it sounds, uh, like an, uh, an old, uh, antiquated way to say something. God's eternal word, but because we don't use that word eternal very often, but you might hear it at a funeral or something, but we need to understand things that are eternal and things that are temporal. Everything that we see and that we're experiencing every day in our life here naturally is all temporary. It's not going to last forever, but there are things that do last forever. One of the things that lasts forever is our righteousness and our right standing with God. We are not temporarily saved. And the Bible talks about our eternal salvation. Amen. Somebody says, well, you're not one of those guys that believes in eternal security, are you? And I said, well, the other, you know, no, that's, that's a hornet's nest. You want to get into that discussion. Because the minute you, if you say anything that's a little bit pro, Blessed assurance. We can sing it, just don't preach it. But if you start saying anything a little towards assurance of salvation, then you're, they'll instantly call you a Baptist. As if that's some horrible label. You Baptist. You know, because you believe in, in uh, some sort of assurance, you know. So I had a friend of mine say, I, I, he says, how's it going? I said, well, I'm being a little persecuted. This was in Tulsa, praise the Lord. I said, I'm being a little persecuted for saying a little something about having assurance of salvation, uh, eternal security. He said, well, it beats eternal insecurity, which I don't know why I didn't come up with that. That's the best line because I think 99% of the full gospel world believes in eternal insecurity. And, and constantly, uh, asking the question, are you right with God? Are you sure? Are you really sure? Are you, you know, and it's like, it's like, it, it becomes a fearful thing to think about eternity, to think about your eternal, uh, status with God. But praise God, the Bible tells us many times, gives us at least a lot of scriptures. Don't worry, I'm not preaching, you know, First Baptist of Houston at you today, but I am telling you that, uh, there's a lot to be said about the word eternal and what is eternal. And I believe that once we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, uh, I know that there can be extremes and we get into, especially from, um, from our, uh, certain circle, we get into the black dot story and, uh, the woman with the black dot and it grew and took her over. I understand, I understand that and, and, sympathetic towards it and everything. And don't worry, I'm not preaching necessarily once saved, always saved. But I am telling you that once you're in the kingdom of God and once you're in the family of God, it is extremely difficult, if not next to impossible, to extract yourself from it. Because there can be extenuating circumstances. So if you believe that, uh, that you can just easily lose your salvation, just the, the wrong thought. I mean, I've heard people say, you, you're not going to heaven worshiping with, you're, you're not worshiping with your whole heart. Well, how's the worship leader supposed to decide who's worshiping with their whole heart anyway? Right. We'll say, well, there's this look on their, their countenance. We love, we, all of a sudden we pull 
old English words out of nowhere because we love to use them because they sound so threatening. But like, well, their countenance, you can tell by their countenance. Well, you know, maybe they've got a hemorrhoid flare up this day. Maybe they're in pain. Maybe the worship leader has bad breath and it's knocking over the front row, you know. Come on. So, <laughs> so, you know, you can't, you, you can't judge things like that. But anyway, uh, I believe that God's mercy is just from everlasting to everlasting. And if, if, if God's gonna, Get anywhere near an error. It's, it's, he, he is, uh, and God's not, er, not error prone. <laughs> but if God's gonna get anywhere near error, he's gonna err on the side of mercy yes. and grace. Yes. And if there's any way at all for his grace and mercy to penetrate a heart, he's gonna vote for that. Praise he's God. not gonna drag the law out and beat people up with it. Yes. Amen. So if that's not, that is not the Spirit of Christ. Amen. And if you preach sin all the time in a church, and what is sin? And, you know, the sin is sin, sin is sin, Christian sinner. Whatever that means. Well, we still preach sin is sin. Well, what does that even mean? I don't even know what that means anymore. But, you know, sin, I guess there's certain sin, actually there's certain sins they want to name, and then, you know, those are the main ones. I was in a meeting one time with a very good friend of mine that I appreciate. I think he's a fine minister, but he just, you know, his Pentecostalism got the best of him one night, giving an altar call at a huge meeting, and he didn't get very many candidates down. You know, there was like 2,500 people in the place and didn't get very many candidates, so that looks bad. You know, you got to have more people than like six. And so he says he started naming sins. Well, you get a few more with that. And then why don't we just get uh, the alphabet out and name every sin that starts with an A, every sin that starts with a B, every sin that starts with a C, and get every possible sin we can think of. Can think of any more sins? Well, it was kind of like that. Make given a list of you know the the bad, the worst ones, and then finally you haven't been sinning, but you've been hanging around people that do. Now that that was the end of the altar call, and I thought. Well, none of this crowd's going to be hanging around sinners because they're warned to stay away from them, which is weird when it comes to witnessing. How do you witness and stay away from the people you're witnessing to? And yet in, 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 in certain circles, that's exactly the conflicting information you'll get. Stay away from sinners. They'll drag you down in the pit with them. Slimy pit. And then it's like, now witness and tell everybody about Jesus. Okay, so wait a minute. So what I'm going to do, I figured it out. We have special witnessing equipment that we need to issue. Tyvek suits, head to toe, beekeeper hat, and uh, one of those extension things, you know, that they sell so you can, you don't have to bend over, you know, to get something or reach. And you put your, your track on the end of that with a megaphone and say, please back away from the witnessing team. I will leave the track on the park bench. Once we have cleared the area and sound the all clear, you may approach the track. Because we want to make sure we don't get like 
you know, COVID sin on us, you know, something. So he says, this, this preacher friend of mine, he says, well, you haven't been sinning, but you've been hanging around people that do. And I said out loud, and they moved my seat the next night, he rose back. I said out loud, there goes Jesus. Now, Jesus is in that altar call because he hangs around sinners. And he loves the whole world, including the sinning world. And if he didn't love the sinning world, I would be in trouble, and so would you if you admit it. Mm. Shandai. So, God's Word, W-O-R-D, capital W-O-R-D, God's Word is eternal. And once you find Scripture, and you un- and you you can see it and you understand it. It's yours forever Amen. if you'll hold on to it, That's right. and it'll hold on to you. And you'll have scriptures that you barely read once or heard once in a time of trial, in a time of need. Rise up out of your spirit, man, yes. and say, "Where did that come from?" It's God's eternal word will stick with you. Yes. Amen. So it would be good for us to stick with the word. Now, let's begin to read some of these scriptures. Are you getting anything out of this today? I am sorry, just to, to, just to apologize to you about me, is that you do not have a religious pastor. Uh, I love God, and I love the things of God. But I don't love religion, and I don't love systems. Because they tend to... They tend to push away more people than they bring through and bring in. And you can be judged at any minute and and voted off the island. And so I don't like it. It's mean. And, um, you know, when Jesus overturned the, the, you know, the famous violent scene of Jesus, as him turning over the money changers in the temple, it wasn't because they were handling money inside the courtyard. It was because they were gouging people for those for those um, korban uh, offerings. They were gouging them. In other words, there was a market price set on sheep, for example. And so you, to travel, instead of bringing your lamb on your lap, <laughs> on your ox cart or whatever, you you had you uh, you could sell it on the market um, at the at the at the local synagogue or wherever you could sell. Say this is korban, this is holy offering, and you were supposed to bring that offering and buy a similar animal, the similar quality, at the at the market outside the temple gates. And those money changers, they were supposed to transact the business. You understand how that would work? Like a rental car, almost a rental sacrifice in a way. And they were supposed to be even Stephen. And what would ha- was happening is they were they were gouging them. And so now they're using sin and making a system, a money system, out of sin and repentance. And this is what angered Jesus. It wasn't because because we've had people say you shouldn't be selling books and the side that the you know a person who says that has just 
put on a t-shirt that says, I'm ignorant of Bible things. Because that has nothing to do with that. Or receiving offerings or whatever. Amen? It has to do with using sin and condemnation as a way to, uh, to, to, to profit. And, and Jesus said, My Father's house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. And you've made it into a den of thieves. And that's what angered him. Praise God. So, you know, we, we need to understand some things, don't we? Like before we shoot off our mouth. Matthew 24, verse 35. Um, heaven and earth. Now, this is one of the greatest verses for the word. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Amen. So, in other words, before God's word is going to go away, which never will, heaven and earth would pass away first. Praise God for that. Now, that's a good confession for you to make when you quote the word. You could say that as a confession, right? You could say, praise the Lord today. Uh, I, I'm standing on maybe Mark 11:24, or I'm standing on Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. And heaven and earth shall um, pass away. But these words of God that I'm speaking shall never pass away. Amen. They're mine forever. Um, some more things on this. If you look at 1 Peter 1.23. So, Scarlett won, won the popularity award on the on the, on the meetings in New England, because people would come up and say, that was really nice what you shared, Pastor David, but man, your wife's something else. I'll tell you. <laughs> what she said changed my whole life. <laughs> but you're good too. Well, thank you. I said, I agree. So out on the road, I'm more the manager. Now, 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 when is Pastor Scarlett speaking again? Uh, next Tuesday. I'm, I'm speaking tonight. Oh, well, I'm, we're going, uh, somewhere, I'm sure. I don't, I don't. <laughs> Gotta laugh. Where am I going? First Peter 1. Okay. And then 2023 here. Now, this is talking about being saved. This is why, see, our our stuff is not in the born-again equation, only um, to receive the finished work of Christ. But, in other words, our goodness, our, our basic sense of morality and all that, is not in the mix. It won't mix with pure salvation. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So it says, being born again, not of corruptible seed. The problem with human seed is it's corruptible. 
spiritually corruptible. But of incorruptible, praise God, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. God's eternal word. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. Amen. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Once you have it, once you see it, and you and you read it and understand it, it's yours. Now, technically, it's already yours, but it's not going to do you a lot of good necessarily that you could track or pay attention to if you're not aware of it. Amen? All right. Look at John 1. A few more things here on this. I don't know about you, but I like being reminded of some of these most basic things. Have you ever noticed that if you have a problem with your computer or your car or (laughs) your vacuum cleaner, for that matter, you oftentimes want to go all the way back to the basics. If if you've ever had to call your dish TV people or whatever and have them walk you, talk you off the ledge. Because, you know, you're, you're ready to call and tell them, come get this equipment, cancel my contract, go away. You're the devil, and all of your employees are of the devil. You know, this is how you feel after trying to change channels. And it goes to some weird screen that's got 1,900 selections, and, you know, it's ridiculous. But they always, when they talk you off the ledge, they always go to the most basic things which almost insults your intelligence, but really it's the way to go. Well, is your modem plugged in? <laughs> so you're going to laugh at me. The other day, our TVs just went, <clears throat> so can't watch anything. So I'm thinking, oh, man, I got to call. I got to call the people. Well, we, 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 we did all the troubleshooting you could do, and nothing worked. So... Finally, they have a write up a ticket about it, right? So they send out this, this, this guy, you know, you know, with his badge and everything. He comes to, where's the modem? Here's the modem. Here's the power source. Here's everything. Okay. 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 So he, he gets that, he gets that, um, going. And, uh, in about five minutes, he's downstairs and he goes, okay, it's all working. You want to check your TV? Yeah. I mean, this is this guy's with Frontier, like what, what the 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 internet people. And so, you know what was wrong? The the plug from the wall or something had fallen out, and the vacuum cleaner had chewed the end of it off. You know, uh, some uh, one of our housekeeper people helping us, you know, had chewed the end of it off and 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 busted it, and that was it. I mean, it, it was a. Uh, 59 cents fix, you know, I mean, he says, no charge, I've got it going. And I'm sitting there, he's looking at me like, you, homeowner, are a complete idiot, aren't you? Because, 
You chewed the end of the thing off with your vacuum cleaner. (laughs) But they always start, if there's a problem, they always go back to the most basic thing. And we understand that. And sometimes the troubleshooting works. Oh, okay. Turn it off. Sometimes it's your phone. You know, you just turn it off and turn it back on. Everything resets. You're good to go. Most basic thing. And you're out here, you know, in Wyoming somewhere in your brain trying to fix it. Well, that's the way the things of God are. So often it's just like we are just so, so deep. There's some hidden sin. There's some big deal. And, and, and it's like, no, it's usually not that deep. It's usually not that involved. Go back to the basics. That's why, that's what they did. You know, I've read this so many times in this church in Acts, in Acts three and four, you know, where, um, uh, Peter and, um, John were, you know, being, uh, held, you know, and, um, for, because they were, remember they were being charged, don't preach in the name of Jesus anymore. The Bible says that when they had heard all that was reported, they said, thou art God. They lifted up their voice and here was their prayer, the, 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 the church, the prayer group. They said, thou art God who's made heaven and earth and all that in them is. And, uh, you know, and then talks about Jesus. So in other words, they go back all the way to creation. In their prayer, they went all the way back to, now wait a minute, who's in charge here? Who's in charge here? You know, that's a good question. If you have a problem, some company or whatever, and you're just not getting answers, you can always ask, who's in, who's your supervisor? Can I talk to him or her? And then if that's not going to, well, who's in charge here? And then you can go to the, you can Google almost any company and, or go on Florida biz thing, find out who owns everything and write a letter or something. Return receipt requested letter. Praise the Lord. Amen. Certified. There you go. Of one of them $4 ones. <laughs> and you can, you know, you can pretty well get in touch with anybody. So isn't it interesting that instead of, instead of, well, the, the, the magistrate that said this, I mean, he's the captain over this whole area and he's a little, you know, they get all, all off on, on authority, and their first question of authority is, who's in charge here? <laughs> that's, the, that's what you'll get. That, yes, that's the tone in New York City that will be used upon you if you don't wa- watch it. Yeah. I want to know who's in charge here. <laughs> you know, and it's a good attitude in prayer. Yeah. Who's in charge? Is it the devil? I don't think so. I feel real school teachery today with my number two <laughs> pencil. My mother would have not made a really good school teacher because when, when, a, when a kid won't shut up, her threat will be, do you see this pencil? I'm going to jab it in your eye if you don't. <laughs> well, you can't say that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> my mother. <laughs> I'm jabbing this in your eye. You're going to wear it home on the bus. Um, 
We would tell my mother, you can't say that. Shut up. <laughs> so here we have uh, John 1, 1, and we're going to read uh, two verses. We're going to read this and 14. In the beginning was the Word. Now notice it's capitalized. The King James Bible and a lot of other translations capitalize that, meaning it's referencing a proper name. So the proper name of God is God, but it's also Word. His Word and Him are the same. In the beginning was the Word, capital W, and the capital W Word. <laughs> word was with God, and the capital W O-R-D Word was God. Now look at how did that appear to us and in a way that we could recognize. Look at verse 14. And the Word, capital still with the theme, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Who was that? That's Jesus. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, and the Word are all the same. (laughs) Um. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and condemnation. See, the problem with that is they don't mix. But grace and truth do mix. Praise God. And what's the truth? The truth is Ephesians (laughs) 2.8. We're saved by grace through faith. Not of ourselves, lest any man should boast. It is a gift of God. So the minute grace is no longer a gift, it's no longer grace. If there's some price to be paid for it, or there's some action that has to be taken, then it's no longer grace, it's no longer a gift. It's, it's a, maybe it's a bonus, it's a premium, it's a something, but it's not a gift per se. That's a good way to know. I call the litmus. You know what the litmus test? Uh, it's not really litmus, but it's the idea of litmus. You know, you, they use litmus paper to test acidity, right, on yeah. certain things. pH levels, like the swimming pool, you know, you have to check your water and put a piece of paper and see, you know, how, if you've got enough chlorine. So what I call the litmus test of faith is the answer to this question. Is it mine? I have it now. Yeah. And if you can't say it's mine, I have it now, you're not in faith. Now, you might be at some high level of expectancy, and you might be in a high level of hope, and we need those too. Amen? Nothing wrong with hope. Nothing wrong with expectancy. But faith says, in other words, faith's confession is it's mine, I have it now. Yeah. And so Amen. sometimes you have to, you need to get into the Word, and um, I don't want to say work yourself, but there is kind of a truth to that. Work your way, not work yourself, like you're emotional, but you're working your way to a place where you can say with your mouth and believe with your heart. You might still have doubt in your head. You can have fear in your head. But if you can say it with your mouth and have faith in your heart that you can say, it's mine, I have it now, you're in faith. And that's a good way to know if you're in faith. Can you say that? 
Well, what does you mean? I, I, it's mine. It's, it's yours in the spirit realm. It doesn't mean you, let's say you're believing God for a new car or something simple like that. Um, you can see that car parked in your driveway, see yourself enjoying it, that kind of thing, way before it's, it ever, the, the, the tires ever touch your concrete pad that you yeah. parked on. Amen? Praise God. So that's the litmus test of faith. What's the litmus test of grace? Well, is it a gift and is it free? (laughs) If it's not a gift, if it's not free, it's not a gift. And if it's not a gift, it's not free. And therefore, it's not grace. So grace litmus test is, is it truly a gift that was thought of and generated by someone else? Then it's a gift of grace. It's grace. And if it's not that, it's not grace. And there's the rub, and that's why I feel like I walk on the edge of a volcanic rim when I preach in churches that have, for the last 30 years, preached a merit-based receiving from God. If I do this, that will trigger him to do that. It's actually backwards. It's more that he has done this, which should trigger us to do that. Not the other way around. And I love the faith movement, and I am faith, word of faith, praise God. I was word of faith before there was word of faith. Because Brother Hagin came to our church in 1970. That's a long time ago. And he came to our church in 1970, and I was 12 years old. I turned 13 in 1970, and um, he came and preached Mark eleven twenty three, which blew up our church. <laughs> My mother told him that for years. We had a nice church till you showed up. <laughs> Remember, she's the pencil in the eye. <laughs> she told Brother Hagen that for the rest of his life. Well, we had a nice church till you showed up. Then we had to move a year later. It's the truth. Um, because when you're going from K Sarah Sarah doctrine to you can have something to say about your your outcome, oh, those those two concepts don't go well together. Well, the concept of everything you get from God's got to be merited and earned, and you got to show God you mean business. And if you don't, He's not gonna answer your prayer and if there's one little slight thing wrong in your heart he's you're 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 ruining your faith and everything it got to the place with me that breathing might ruin my faith if i enjoyed it how many know what i'm talking about it's never enough it's it's uh they laid hands on the sick and they shall recover Asterisk, see footnote below. As long as there's corporate faith, everyone's walking in love. As long as there's corporate prayer going on and everybody's in unity and, and harmony and nobody's saying anything about anybody behind their back and blah, 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 blah. And we have added so many caveats to the word that it's, 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 it's almost like an impossible contract to keep. So grace, if it, if it starts to be something you have to 
chase God down about, and you have to to show him that you qualify some way for this grace, you're no longer in grace. So what we end up with, what we ended up with with the faith movement in the early days is the faith but message. (laughs) Which is, yeah, faith, but if it's not God's will. Yeah, faith, but have you really shown God you mean business? Yeah, but faith, but can God trust you? And yes, all these things are taught. To this day, and accept it as truth, and it's preventing people from receiving the very things that they're claiming that they have by faith. And then this, now we have the grace but message. And the grace but message is grace, yeah, yeah, but sin is sin. Grace, yeah, but you still have to do everything Jesus said. One lady told me that on Facebook, you know. I said something about God's grace, and if you post God's grace is good, you will get attacked like this many over (laughs) there remarks to make sure that you have included the fourth person of the Godhead in your thinking, Father, Son, Spirit, and sin. Because sin is a factor, and sin has to be factored in there. And if I don't know, what's wrong with me? Sin, I was going to be so nice today. And not pick on anybody. But if you, if you don't factor sin into the equation, you're not preaching the balanced message. But I'm not going to elevate sin to the place that it has Authority in my life. Because Paul said, that heretic Paul, Paul said that um, sin in Romans no longer has dominion over me. I'm not under, I'm not under the law and I'm not under sin uh, because I'm under grace. Praise God. Is this helping you? I just wish that we could have had like the faith movement and the grace movement at the same moment. Because we would be unstoppable. But we didn't really. So anyway, we can can do it now. Amen. Why can't we believe the balanced whole counsel of God? Why do we have to go from one ditch to the other and drive like a drunk down the road? So, so, so on on the grace side to teach that sin hath no consequence is is irresponsible. That's like giving a kid, a 16-year-old kid, the keys to a Ferrari and say, have fun! Don't drive on the beach unless you're in Daytona. They'll get a rent. You know, that car's going to last about, I don't know if you'll get, I don't know if you'll get to the end of the block. You'll be in somebody's mailbox or something. Um, 
So there's responsibilities. With all blessing, there's responsibilities. And we have to teach the responsibilities of grace. And and uh, there's curbs uh, to freedoms even. You know, say, oh, I'm under grace. I'm free to do anything I want. No, Paul puts some curbs in. One of them is walking in love. He says, you don't want to live in such a way that you cause a weak person to stumble. So there's a curb of just, I'm, grace is not about selfishness. It should lead us to being grateful and being um, more humble. Because I realize that all the blessings of God are in Jesus only. Uh, yea and amen. Praise God. That's what Revelation tells us. And everything that I receive is from him and through him and by him and because of him. And when I realize that, I'm out of, I'm, I don't have, you know, you've seen these little um, photo albums, books that grandmas used to carry around. It says mom's brag book or whatever. Well, I don't have a brag book for me for my life. I don't have, oh, here's my lovely everything. Or, you know, Facebook has become that. Oh, here we are. Aren't we shiny? Well, um, Every family, everybody, what did you say? Everybody's got family. That's right. <laughs> Shannon said, everybody's got family. So, you know, everybody can look all shiny and perfect, and they're, they're just not. I'm telling you, everybody goes through the same stuff. Come on. Yeah. And there's no magic answer. Grace itself is not a magic, magic answer. It fixes everything. But uh, it certainly helps us to know that we can stand in front of God without fear or doubting and that we can go boldly to the throne of grace to find grace to help in time of need. And I don't have to go in there. Oh, boy, this is always I'm, I'm, my one of my one of, one of the rock into the volcanic part just slipped. But you don't have to go to God before you you go to God based on the value of the sacrifice. Yeah not based on your ability to repent. You can't believe how many meetings I've had canceled because I say that right there. But I don't stand in front of God because of my ability to remember wrongdoing and repent of it. I stand before God because while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. And there is a place for repentance. There is a place for contrite heart. There is a place for godly sorrow for our behaviors. There is a place for that. But I don't go to God based on, I hope he, I hope, I hope, did I, did I, did I miss anything, Lord? Oh my gosh, what a horrible relationship that would be. That sounds more like Joan Crawford. (laughs) Mommy dearest. I love you, mommy dearest. I you better. <laughs> Wire hangers and Brentwood. What has the world come to? You know. <laughs> That's the way you feel in church sometimes. What worshiping and you're not with your whole heart? And you think I'm going to receive that? You and your little dog Toto. No. It's about right, isn't it? I heard one preacher woman 
Not Florida, but another swamp state. <laughs> Making fun of people's tongue, you know, talking about speaking in tongues. And she said, you know, some of you have just started to speak in tongues. And, and since she's making fun of the people that just started to speak in tongues, and she's then demonstrating her amazing tongue, and she says, this is what will give gives you power with God. And I said, no, wrong. <laughs> Bad answer. That's not what gives you power with God. What gives you power with God is his indwelt presence. Thank God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Thank God for speaking in tongues. But, the, the, you know, because you speak louder in tongues, and, uh, you know, I'm not saying anything off here, I don't think, but this particular woman, her culture, her type of ministry that she was from, they scream everything. They're screamers. It's First Church of the Screamers. You ever been in that meeting? You come out of there and you feel real set free, but you can't hear anything for a week. Because the music's so loud and the screaming's so loud that you get, you almost couldn't even hear anything that was said. You'd have to get a transcript to go back over the sermon. All right, so, you know, a lot of this stuff is cultural. And we, and we, anything that you attach value to that's higher than the written word of God, you're in trouble. Praise God. Moving right along. Please don't get too close to the volcanic ash. You can think it's out, but then all of a sudden it just explodes right in your face. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourself. So we really can't do very much. How much? None. That's not a lot. None is zero. We can't do very much to add to our salvation. Now, you can certainly add to your piety or your, your depth of service to the Lord, how close you want to walk with the Lord, how close you want to hear from His voice and so forth. You can certainly have some input on that. Amen? But when it comes to just the legal part of it, it's all on God. Praise God. I could even get a few Lutherans that would agree with that. Now, uh, where are we? Where are we? Uh, John 1. Okay. Now look at John 8.32. Got just a couple of more verses. I won't keep you terribly long. I just wanted to get this over to you. My problem now is I start preaching on one thing and I end up on grace. I don't know what's behind that. Uh, John eight thirty two. This this I love to play with a little bit. Um, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Uh, it's the truth. In other words, it's the truth you know that'll make you free. So that's why it's important to be a student of the word. Amen. It's like, well, no, the truth itself sets you free. Well, it has the potential to. And as far as, again, legally, as far as from God's viewpoint, it's already a done, it's a finished. Did you know that as far as God, the way he looks at us, he sees us all as finished works? So that bumper sticker, please be patient, God's not finished with me yet. See, I want to rip that off. Because uh, you say, well, that's cute. 
I know, but it's really not truthful. He is finished with you in the sense that he sees you complete and entire, lacking nothing. (laughs) It's more like, please be patient. I'm not finished with allowing God's grace to transform me. But as far as God's concerned, the transformation has already taken place. So it would be good for us to look at ourselves that way. Remember, 2 Corinthians 5, 21 talks about the that we may be viewed as examples of the righteousness of God in Christ. Approved and accepted. If you've ever applied, you know, for a loan, a mortgage for your house or loan for your business or whatever, uh, and you really need this to come to pass, when it does, what's what's the, you call your significant person or somebody that is interested and you, and you say, how's it going? We're approved. Yeah. It's a good feeling if that's what you want to accomplish. We're approved. <laughs> Isn't it good to be approved? Yeah. Or I was approved to go on this vacation or the, 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 the Hygiene uh, health pass or whatever. They used to call it hygiene. Nobody believes in that anymore. Um, anyway, it's, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It's the truth that you know. See, you know the truth. It's the truth that you know that will make you free. Amen? So if you feel like you're not as free as you should be in some area, go dig and find the truth on it. And then it'll help you. One more. You, you, you ready for this one? This is good. Matthew 8. Say, something's happened to Pastor David. He's got more than two scriptures. <laughs> Brother Hagin used to get up and teach. You know, we do these eight-day eight day back-to-back crusades overlap uh, in the early days. Mid, mid to late seventies and, uh, morning and night, he'd get up and say, well, let's open our Bibles to Mark 11, 23. I'm, I'm thinking, does he not know? But that one verse, is that it? I mean, do, do we have a one verse ministry going here? That's how it felt to me. Cause you know, we had church of God preachers that would get up and, they can quote half the New Testament in five minutes, you know, just machine gun it, machine gun. And it was pretty exciting sometimes, <laughs> like Oral Roberts. Jesus in every chapter in the you know book in the Bible, he would have this spiel thing that he did, you know. Oh, so impressive, Oral Roberts. We get to Brother Hagin. Well, open your Bible, so Mark 11, 23. I'm thinking, we had that this morning. I'm tired of Fruit Loops every time. And something else. Then I found out it's like one of the most important scriptures in the Bible. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. You have what you say. Amen. Okay. Uh, Matthew 8, 5. Um, when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, this is a little bit more application of what I'm preaching. There came unto him a centurion beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant, Lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion, in other words, I'll come to your house and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, 
I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Notice, speak the word. Whatever your word is, that's what's going to happen. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, go, and he goeth, another come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he was marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Now that's a rub. You're talking about walking along the edge of the volcanic rim. Jesus has offended almost all of Judaism here. Because they, 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 they believed that they were the only special group that had a covenant. And so surely if anyone's getting anything, it's going to be their group. And here this guy is a centurion. He's a Roman occupying enemy (laughs) guy here, soldier. Um, And he's Jesus is saying, that's the greatest faith I've found. This did not go over. Um. Verse 13, if you skip, because there's this part that's inserted there. Jesus said unto the centurion, Go your way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. So notice Jesus did not did not go to the house. He did not appear. He did not lay hands on the, the man. He, he, he did not personally pray for him. He just prophesied and said, This is how it's, here's the word. Amen. So I, I just want you to see that in these notes uh, teaching today on God's eternal word, that you can speak the word like that. Amen. Hallelujah. Because we, uh, it's power of attorney is what it is. It's power of attorney. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, sometimes we have uh, our loved ones get to the place in life where uh, the next generation is asked, to be the power of attorney. Amen. Over their affairs. And if it's, and it it can be broad. It can be very broad. It can, it can include all financial transactions, real estate, buying and selling, et cetera. And so, uh, if you have that power of attorney, you pretty much have legal authority over that person's affairs. Well, God has given us power of attorney. Praise God to use his name, to use the name of Jesus over our affairs. Amen. You say, well, what if an ugly, a real ugly demon with a wart on the nose and a hair on the wart shows up and says, um, well, I'm an ugly demon and you're not going to do what you're saying here because you're not Jesus. And it's like, well, I have the next best thing. I have power of attorney from him. Therefore, legally, in spiritual law, and spiritual world, you have to do what I say. I'm not doing what you say. It's my will that counts. It's God's will that counts. It's Jesus' will and not the devil's. Let me tell you what the devil's will is. Would you like to know what it is? The thief cometh not before to steal, kill, and destroy. There's his agenda. That's his MO. Everything is from that. He's a, he's an escaped, crazed wacko. 
And it's almost like a mad dog. You know, they say that rabies affects the animal to the point that all they know to do, it could have been, it could have been the sweetest animal on earth, but when this disease kicks in, uh, they will bite you and inflict and, and, and maul you and kill you if possible, um, to, because of this disease. Well, the devil has a disease. It's called eternal stupidity. Yeah. Because you gotta be pretty dumb to be the third most important angel, archangel in heaven. Not, not, he wasn't number three. They were equal. Three, uh, archangels and he was one of them in charge of the music department. Which is why usually if there's going to be strife in a church, it starts in the music department. But, uh, seems to be. But the, the, he's up there in heaven and he gets himself kicked out. I mean, he's got he's got it made. I don't know why the other angels didn't come. Hey, man, what's wrong with you? Are you stupid or what? So he actually believed his self deluded because he actually believed. He talked like the narcissist, narcissist. Uh, excuse, excuse me. Head narcissist in charge is the is the is the devil. And he is in charge of, um, of, of all that, believing that he could do it, because he attempted it. Yeah. If you look in the history, in the Word, he attempted it. Yeah. And what did Jesus say? I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Yeah. So what difference does it make what his will is? He's, he's of, he's, he has no clout. He lost his street cred. <laughs> he did. So, praise God. We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. Amen. And we have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of His testimony, the word of our testimony. Amen. All right, praise God. Let's pray. If you're watching on internet, but uh, I'll pray for you, you that are watching, uh, that are inside here in this sanctuary. You agree with me, and for yourself, if you have a pain or symptom on your body, lay your hand wherever your problem is. Um, if you have digestive issues, you know. If you have circulatory issues, if you have um, Rogue cells that's causing a tumor or cancer issue, whatever it is that is happening, in Jesus' name, we're going to take authority over it. Amen. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for your eternal word that we preach today. And we thank you that Jesus bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. By his stripes, we were healed. And uh, that redemptive work is for salvation today, healing, deliverance. In the name of Jesus, I reach my hand out to those who are watching by internet. Father, I thank you that blind eyes are open, deaf ears are unstopped, lame legs walk, cancers and tumors and growths have to disappear, cells that have gone bad have to disappear. Father, I thank you that all things are under the feet of Jesus and under the feet of the church. And in Jesus' name, I thank you those that are dealing with uh, mental illness or depression or oppression, have to be set free today in Jesus' name. Those that have material and financial and physical needs, Lord, felt needs as we call them, 
I thank you, Lord, that those things are provided in the name of Jesus. We thank you for abundance. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' name for these things. Please write us and tell us of your testimonies. Again, if you'd like to give to this ministry, we have, uh, you can go online and you can see the many ways to give, uh, whether it's to the church or to Horton Ministries. We appreciate your faithfulness and um, love and blessings to this ministry in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Praise God. Uh, you can go and we'll see you Wednesday night. Pastor Scarlett will be preaching and Thank you.